Welcome to Leadership Matters, the podcast focused on leadership in our challenging world. Leadership Matters is the name because leadership really does matter. Now here's your host, Dr. John Bedker, a practitioner, a scholar, and a leader. Welcome aboard everyone to Leadership Matters. Hello everyone. Welcome once again to the Leadership Matters podcast. I'm your host, Dr. John Bedker, and I'm very happy you're with us today. In the United States, it's the 4th of July weekend just finishing up. Independence Day, we call it here in the United States. It's a very important day. It has a lot of meaning, and I think the context for what is going on here today will be the focus of today's podcast. Let me start with the Declaration of Independence, a very famous document for Americans. The preamble is perhaps the most famous part. Let me read what it says. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Many of you probably know those words, but if not, they're very important words here in the United States. The preamble to the Declaration of Independence had many purposes, but certainly among those were to inspire these new Americans, these colonists, and to unite them by creating a vision of a better life here in America. It was also meant to be a message for the world, to the King of England and others around the world, to know that we were now our own country, a new country that had values that people could be proud of and get behind. Let's go back to that preamble and kind of parse out the words. I think it's an important starting point for today's Leadership Matters podcast. Try this preamble once again. We hold these truths. We is an inclusive word. It includes many. We, not I, not me, not singular, not possessive, rather the plural, we. We hold these truths to be self-evident. They should be clear, very clear. People will clearly know what these truths are. And they are referred to that, truths. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Not a point of view, not a perspective, real truths. They're meant to be American, American values, American principles, those rules of the road that we will live by. These truths should be self-evident. That all men, now that's in the vernacular of the day, but it means all people, men, women, everyone. All men are created equal. So all the people of this new country, the United States of America, are created equal. Not one group subordinated to another, not one group indentured to another. Rather, all created equal. Now, many of you familiar with American history know this turned out to perhaps be the original sin of the United States. Slavery, segregationism, but it was the goal and the aspiration. We'll talk more about that today. Unalienable rights for life liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Wow. The preamble to the Declaration of Independence stands today 
in stark contrast to the world that we live. We are in a very disruptive time. Disruptive on many levels. Certainly, we're disrupted by a healthcare crisis, not only locally and nationally, but globally. An economic crisis, similarly, affecting those in the small town, the large town, our nation, and yes, all over our world. We're also in an equality crisis. We have many instances, unfortunately, in the United States of violence perpetrated by law enforcement on some occasions and others on other occasions against people of color. It is not the country where all men, all people, are created equal. We, in fact, have disruptions from what our founding fathers wrote and meant for the vision, the better life that we were to have as Americans. These disruptions are significant, and today's Leadership Matters podcast is going to focus on disruption. Disruptive forces are so important that the MIT, that's the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, Sloan Management Review dedicated their an entire special issue to disruption in 2020. The focus of the articles are about a man who has really been a thought leader in disruption. His name is Clayton Christensen. A little background on him, because we're going to refer to several of the quotes in the articles of and about Dr. Christensen in our time today. So Clayton Christensen Born back in 1952, I should say he has now recently this spring passed away. An American academic, as I said, a thought leader. Spent a lot of his life as a business consultant and later in life, a professor at the Harvard Business School. He developed a theory known as disruptive innovation. First introduced in quite a famous business book called The Innovator's Dilemma. That book, The Innovator's Dilemma, has been called the most influential business idea of the 21st century. Clayton Christensen is its author. He is a thought leader. He worked for a long time for the Boston Consulting Group, where he was a project manager. Later, he became a White House Fellow, 1982, taking a year's leave of absence for the White House Fellowship. There he worked in the Department of Transportation for both Secretary Drew Lewis, and Secretary Elizabeth Dole. He then went back to Harvard, received his doctorate of business administration, his DBA, and began his work of academic research, focusing on this area of disruption. Well, disruption is the order of the day today. As I've mentioned, we have it in our healthcare globally. We have it in our economic systems globally. And we have it in our equality failures globally. Well, what sort of skills would leaders need to think about and to be aware of to address these disruptive crises that confront each and every one of us in our world? One thing I'd like to start with is this notion of problem identification versus problem solving. Um, In my 40 years of consulting, I've often gone into corporations, institutions, governments, 
And I usually start by sitting down, attending a meeting, observing, assessing. And often you see people called to a meeting, spending the majority of the meeting time discussing problem identification. Let's define and redefine and define again what the problem is. When in fact, in most cases, the people clearly knew before they came to the meeting that the purpose for them being there was because of whatever that problem might be. But nonetheless, the meeting folks seem compelled to go on and identify once again what the problem is. They might go into what caused it, who is responsible, what should happen to them, why this is important. Lots and lots of different rabbit holes to go down about problem identification. Then, as the meeting time begins to come to an end, moments, if any time at all, is spent on problem solving. I would like to make the case in your leadership journey, when you attend a meeting, make clear that your goal should be to send to spend the majority of time in that meeting, in any meeting, on problem solving, not problem identification. Problem identification, very important. However, most people attend meetings because they know the purpose of why they're headed to that meeting. They know what the issue is, as I'm calling it, what the problem is. So the time spent together should be to find solutions. Problem solving should be the goal. Okay, so with that in mind, and in the world situation that we find ourselves today, what are some of the skill sets that a leader needs to have? What are those arrows in their quiver that they need to ensure that they have when they go to that meeting, when they're with their team, when they're at the workplace, when they're asked for a point of view, for their voice on a particular matter? Well, I'll mention quickly four skills highlighted in the MIT Sloan Management Review in an article by Tucker Marin, Sebastian Fixen, and Greg Brown. This article is entitled, Four Skills Tomorrow's Innovation Workforce Will Need. Well, the first one is a more global knowledge of business. If you work in a particular area, you tend to create a boundary, a box. If you're into marketing, advertising, sales, engineering, operations, whatever it may be, you tend to create a waterline where this is where my expertise stops and where others would have to aid and assist. Going forward, we need broad knowledge about the entire pie, so to speak, not just the slice that is your particular area of training, experience, or expertise. So this larger business view is going to be a skill set that's important. So stretch yourself, stretch your boundaries, learn other areas, learn those that attach themselves to yours, learn those areas beyond that. This larger and more global view is very important for the leaders in today's disruptive world. The second is what the authors of this article call an entrepreneurial mindset. 
So even if you feel like, well, I'm not in an entrepreneurial business. Well, your thinking probably, though, needs to be entrepreneurial. You need to think about opportunities, how to seize them, actions, events, and activity, whether it's you and a coworker, you and your team, your division, your shift, whatever that work group is, you need to think perhaps more entrepreneurially. Now, each of these things kind of go back to a base of learning, and that's key for leaders to learn. So step up the learning on each of these. Third, bottom line focus. A lot of people say, money's not my thing. That's for the finance folks, CFO, treasurer, those people. You really need to understand what the costs are of those things that you're going to propose, those things you're going to discuss, things that might be part of a solution to a problem. At the end of the day, it costs. And understanding those costs and the implications of costs are very, very important. So you want to make sure that a better bottom line understanding and focus. Once again, this may involve education as well. The final point that they make in the article has to do with ethical intelligence. Now, I will make the case that I think this is the key. This is the critical component. Why? Because leaders have to examine the choices through an ethical lens. And if there is confirmation that there are not challenges to the ethical proposal being made, that it is, in fact, ethical, weigh in and say with affirmation, that that is in fact the case. If, however, it raises ethical questions, then similarly the leader needs to weigh in. They need to make clear that there are ethical issues surrounding the decision, that the solution may not be a solution because of its ethical challenges. Sometimes these may be avoidable because they are intended And you could say, well, let's not do that. But sometimes they are what's called unintended consequences. But they too could be ethical. And when those arise, again, it is the leader's role, it is their responsibility to weigh in. The Sloan Management Review Journal talks about many of these. I'll mention just a few. Twitter, a name most people know a new technology, a disruptive technology. The founders created the Twitter platform. They didn't imagine that it could be used to influence an election with the use of fake accounts and bots. But we know now that, in fact, it did have an effect, an unintended consequence, but clearly an ethical consequence nonetheless. We see this in many areas. One last one I will mention, and near and dear to me, is the area of artificial intelligent, AI, as it's called. It's important when AI is a contributor to problem solving to decide what good judgment, what good decision making really looks like. So in the case of the Boeing 7 
37 Max 8, artificial intelligence, was a contributor. Well, pilots, the people that were going to actually be flying these airplanes and managing these systems, voiced concerns. They complained about the software that was being tested. They did this years before the Max 8 was put out. And sadly, as we know, 346 people died in two crashes. Their concerns, though, never made it to the Federal Aviation Administration, the FAA. This, as we now know, is a tragic failure of ethics. Leaders need to stand up. Those voices do need to be heard. And ethical intelligence, I do believe, is key in disruptive introduction to businesses. You need almost a watchdog mentality, as the article states, to make sure that this ethical intelligence is incorporated. So, let me conclude with giving a real-life example. An example from another article about what will happen in our current disruption, the pandemic, the economic crisis, and certainly the racial injustice that's come to a head. Not new, sadly of long standing, but certainly now in the spotlight. Let's talk about the future of work. What will happen as a result of the pandemic, of the economic crisis? What does the future of work look like? Well, many people are concerned that the future is about robots and replacing humans. Turns out, reality is quite different. It's important for the leader to have situational awareness. It's important for the leader to understand what is really going on with the systems that they have purview over. The future of work will certainly have technology. We've mentioned artificial intelligence, AI, already. And these are important issues and will be issues in the future. But the future of work really isn't about that. The workforce that powers our economy and that as we return to work will need to be present to create stability following these disruptions really is about a very low-wage group of people. Service workers, disproportionately made up of black women and other women of color, largely unprotected by any local, state, or federal safety net. These workers take care of us in different ways, but it has now taken a pandemic for the nation to recognize that they, in fact, are the critical engine of our economy getting back. In the next 10 years, the Bureau of Labor Statistics reports that the jobs projected to have the largest percentage increase in employment, this is through 2028, are in two areas, home health aid and personal care aids. It's a reflection of the aging of America. A home health aide might be a person regularly and routinely coming to one's home, checking on their health, maybe taking a blood pressure 
maybe doing a blood test, any number of home health aid work. The other, personal care aid. A person may need help with simple tasks, taking a bath, cooking a meal, changing the bed linen, any number of personal care needs. These two areas are projected to be, by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the two fastest growing areas of employment for an ever-increasing population of older people in the United States. It turns out that these people literally are essential workers. What do they make? They typically earn less than $12 an hour. As we've stated, they're overwhelmingly women of color, disproportionately black women. 87% of paid adult care workers are women, compared with only 46% of non-domestic workers. About 25% of home care aides are black, compared with 12% of non-domestic workers. So the workers that we will need the most going forward, let me say that again, the workers we will need the most going forward aren't wearing boots, aren't wearing hard hats, aren't running computers. They're wearing sneakers and maybe scrubs. We are at a critical juncture, and this is the call of leaders and leadership. The future of work will be decided by how we respond. Do we recognize who the critical people are, who the essential workers are, and will we take care of them to ensure that the flow of care to this ever-increasing population, the number one source of jobs as we get on the other side of this pandemic and economic crisis, will we recognize them Will we provide for them? Will we support them and their families as they support us and our families? We're going to need to get off of an old paradigm about work and build a future that's quite different, especially regarding jobs. So let me conclude by saying problem solving is the key. We need to be asking the right questions about the right steps, about the right precautions that we need to take to go forward to ensure we're taking care of the essential workers and not disrupt them. Thank you all very much, everyone. Appreciate you being here again today. I hope you had a happy Independence Day. I hope we think about that preamble. I hope we think about disruption. I think, hope we think about some of the problem solving that we'll all need going forward. I wish you well. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Leadership Matters, the podcast about leadership and why it matters in today's world. Now, more than ever, please join Dr. John Bedker again next week for another episode of Leadership Matters. For now, if you enjoyed this podcast, Please tell your friends until we meet again.